0: Anything's possible, though, because, you know, Bitcoin is money, so, you know, money talk, man. Welcome to the
1: Bitcoin Podcast, powered by Cointelegraph. What began as a small experiment is now a rapidly expanding ecosystem. As citizens of the internet, we expect to be able to send money over the internet as quickly and cheaply as sending an email citizens of the internet we demand transparency here we talk about bitcoin ethereum blockchain industries fintech and more but we're not experts we're just three guys in the bitcoin community and adoption is the only thing that matters welcome to the bitcoin podcast episode number 81 i'm your first host marcello
0: and i'm host number two d
1: and filling in for cory is uh, a listener of the show uh james all the way from london oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh i guess james is a uh someone who's unique who hasn't been on the show he sells uh mining hardware but now he's become a lot more interested in bitcoin and he's looking to provide you guys with uh advice on mining uh if you're interested in renewable energy building exchange marketplace and other services so he will be joining us for this episode um but let me get into these amazing ads that i have prepared for you guys Mm. um Mm. they're amazing uh this company don't know if you heard about them called escrow my bits um EscrowMyBits.com is an escrow service, and they charge a small flat escrow fee of 1% on all escrow transactions, and they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party. EscrowMyBits was created to solve all the problems wrong with the type of escrow services currently around... Their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible, and it's really simple because your funds are kept in a secure two of three multi-signature transaction where they hold only one key. Uh, So me and D, we want there to be no longer any excuses on why not to use escrow. So go to escrowmybits.com to escrow your shit with escrowmybits.com. Also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin, which is the most trusted name in Bitcoin ATMs. They're lo- located in H-Town, Fort Worth, Dallas, Detone. We live in, in Texas, so it's 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 pretty exciting for us. But they're also located in seven other U.S. cities. So download the Athena Bitcoin wallet on the App Store or Google Play. Uh, So if you do that, you get specific locations uh, on where they are located, and you get more information. So visit athenabitcoin.com because they're always adding new locations. And we're also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin's portfolio company, bitquick.co. We also have an image uh, on the side of our homepage, so click on that, because they're the secure, quick, and easy peer-to-peer Bitcoin marketplace where you can get Bitcoin for cash in as little as three hours. BitQuick has been serving Bitcoiner since 2013. And where there's a bank, there's BitQuick. Boom, Damn. that's the ad.
0: Is that all of them?
1: It's all the ads, man. Hell yeah. Um,
0: you guys have officially been advertised to. I hope you liked it.
1: Yeah, use that stuff. <laughs> so we have... Um, you know, uh, James, if you have any uh, you know, insider feedback we wanted to talk about... Um, we have Dr. Mariana uh, Dahan, who is... I guess she works for World Bank, but she is the group's senior vice president in charge of the development agenda. Um, I don't know, Demetrius, did you do any digging on that? Because like, just because you're born in the wrong area with a piece of paper, you could be subject to horrible government or famine or starvation. So I think it's, it's, it's a pretty cool movement.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I did do a little digging. But I want to give James the floor because he's the guest, man. Rock it out. Okay, cool. Um,
2: so what was this you was just saying about the um, – I've forgotten the, the name you just mentioned. The, um...
1: oh, her name is uh, Dr. Uh, Mariana Dahan, and what she does is um, she's using blockchain technology to come up with like a, a rudimentary emergency ID situation. So like refugees or less fortunate people have a way to have identification using blockchain.
2: Yeah, this is, um, this is, that's news to me, you know, um, but that sounds, that, that that sounds, that sounds interesting. The name, the name rings a bell, um, but that's something that I'm not too, um, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't really looked
0: into that, you see, um, well, I haven't looked into... Let's take it, let's take it here. Do you, so think of what, from what I understand, what can happen and what has been happening recently is that there's millions of refugees leaving countries that kind of suck. Uh, and it's not their fault that their countries suck. It's just that bad things happen. And mm, I shouldn't sugarcoat that shitty, really, really shitty things happen. Am I allowed to curse? Are we supposed to be like pro on, on this one? Yeah, Chell? let's pro it up.
1: Yeah, but I, I guess it starts <laughs> because their their inability to identify themselves or hold funds makes it difficult to start a new life, and maybe it, the country is in shambles because of that starting point.
0: Yeah, and well, another thing is is that imagine James, tell you got imagine you're like a I don't know, a surgeon or something crazy, right? Something, something high level, high level professional surgery, and all of a sudden your hospital gets rained down on with some shells or some rockets, and it's like, oh no, my country is being attacked. I gotta get the f out of here. I gotta, I gotta leave, and you don't have time to get your documents. You don't, you, you only have time to get very valuable things, and you lose your documents. So when you're a refugee, you go to another country. How are you supposed to prove you're as qualified as you are? How are you supposed to prove you are who you are? You can't really There's no documents but what I do huh. believe they're researching uh doctor what's her doctor I can never pronounce her last name, I'm really bad at it doctor the Dahan or Dahan? Dahan Apologies. we should be better. We should be better at this We're horrible, horrible but Dr. DeHaan is researching maybe, uh, you know, the possibility of someone's identity going on a blockchain. So that's yeah. what we're getting at.
2: Yeah, I think that would be brilliant. I mean, the, I suppose a simple way of looking at it from, from what I'm thinking now is if, if you can keep out of the financial system, then why can't you keep outside the identity system as well? I mean, it's... um. If you're only going to, if you're if if you're fully involved within the network, I mean, to the point that, say with fellow Bitcoiners, I mean, if I can do a transaction with you outside the banking system, I'm happy with you to prove to me who you are with blockchain technology. Then that could be another reason why the state could, you know, fuck off. Basically, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> when, when when you say, say about shitty countries, it's so nine times out of ten, the past 20, 30 plus years, it's been because of our shitty countries making their country city countries. You know, it's um, yeah. Um, I'm I'm still sort of struggling to see why they've got so much involvement in Syria, as they don't seem to have a lot of oil. So, um, not that I'm aware of, but I, I mean, I I switch off now from the the whatever the Basically anything that's on the news, you know, if I do see it because I'm around (laughs) someone else's house I'm kind of running on a different frequency So I mean, I don't like I'm not one of these people that thinks um, Everything they're saying is a lie, but I'd say it's I'm I kind of I'm just indifferent to what they're saying. I mean, I've got more to do with the community with like-minded people that that I'm talking to now then I've got to do with anything um you know I'm still yeah. I'm not sort of rude or something but I kind of um yeah i don't blame I you just, man I just I just try and try enough, you know from from there and I think if if this is this is definitely something I'll read up on because any anything like this is um it's it's a it's a difficult thing though with with identity i mean i've I've come across a lot of people that have done stuff within i don't know if you've got a few years ago um there was a lot on YouTube and a lot on the internet about like the the freedom movement and um people um i think in America there's a lot of people that, that call themselves like uh, sovereign citizens
0: and stuff and um Texans you're talking about Texans
2: yeah yeah um and there was a lot there was there, there, some people were doing that to some success in england uh with regards to um there's even a case on youtube where there was a group of these activists uh performed a citizen's arrest on a judge
1: um really
2: yeah and was and, it- and it's not, it all dates back I, I got quite interested in this for about six months and uh, um, maybe more than that about a year and um, it there was starting to it was starting to sort of have some success you know um, people were not um, basically just abiding by a common law and they were able to stand up and assert themselves to the police and the courts in like a in a in a civilized way, you know, but yeah. it was, what what happened in the end, there was a lot of people that wanted to, and I, I, this is what kind of got me into Bitcoin, is because a lot of people that I was talking in, and, and, and meeting with and, 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 and listening to and speaking to, all had some interest in uh, self-governing. Their, their attitude is, well, I'm not harming anyone. I don't want to be monitored, measured, taxed harassed and mistreated just 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 basically leave me alone that was the the, the mindset from it and there was a lot of people doing a lot of research going back into even going back to magna carta you know um Mm -hmm. and you know and and looking at a lot of taking apart a lot of statute law common law and what happens there was people that were if a lot of it was and the reason why I knew that there was some truth in this was because the videos were getting taken off youtube you know and they were really trying to sort of uh, suppress a lot of these people's videos I mean there were people that were um, sort of confronting uh, the courtrooms and Police and it's, it draws a lot of parallels with a lot of what's going on in the states. So the, like we see a lot of this on the news now in the way that the, the police are mistreating, uh, you know, just being oh, overusing their, their rights, you know. And um, yeah, they're being all there was, Ill- it was it was, it was, it, was it was starting to have it was starting to have quite a bit of success and. I think what happened in the end, there was, it then got to the point. I think people started to push the the whole idea of self-governing too far. There were people that were. It started to get to the point where they were, they were just demonstrating that they weren't capable of self-governing. Um, yeah. It was there was a lot of people that I was talking to. They wanted to make it up and say went along, not comply with society at all, and when they got they would just try and automatically start uh, suing the police. You bring a good uh, point, though. There was there was a lot of what was going on, um, and and I, I decided that it's it's easier to operate powerfully within the system than unpowerfully outside it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So when I'm the first thing that sort of springs to mind when you've mentioned this woman, I mean I can't comment on the specifics. Uh, this is it mariana dehan you say
0: uh-huh. yes if you can't That's beat them. Yeah. I, I, mean,
2: I, I don't know um too much about what she's doing so i can't comment on that but one thing that springs to mind with this is it, it in some ways it would be similar with the, the problem you've got and it's, it's it's hard for me to try and explain it um when when you're trying to the the, the beauty of bitcoin is that yeah we can operate outside society because to a degree because you know you can send a payment to me that doesn't have to go through border control and 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 all the rest of it so i think with this what this this lady's doing um would be very powerful if it was to say say if you're in a bad country and some disasters happen Mm-hmm. I, 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 for whatever, I for whatever reason think no, this guy needs some help. And he's got something to, that, that, a, a value that he can offer me. I, I want to help support him or, 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 or her or for, you know, I, I think that that would be a very powerful thing to say. Look, this person is who they say they are. They're going to they they're going they're going to do business with you honestly. Um, the, the, the thing is, what it, it says is where i think people might get a bit confused is could this technology be used for identity to cross borders and this is something that um ideally would would work but this is where they will this is where governments will not comply and 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 behave fairly with people they will that's when they abuse their power in the sense that they're going to take the attitude Well, you might be able to cooperate with each other but you've still got a company
0: I think that's where where there's a slight change I think that's kind of where this kind of system can be a good thing it's because if this system is built in a decentralized manner where it's not just one overarching like private company or government that's like we've built this blockchain that you will now put your identity on. But if it was several little pockets of decentralized people, and you mentioned something about self-sovereignty and, and, and if things could, what I'm saying is if it's a decentralized identity platform, something built maybe on Ethereum or, or maybe on a blockchain that is public, you know, and, and there's, there's fail-safes put in. And it's built in such a way that bad actors can be spotted from a mile away. Then it could be maybe something that could be trustable.
1: You I think it I mean? it, works, <clears throat> it works like a, a a mini web of trust where yeah. family members have to verify each other's family ties and relations can make it easier to reunite with your children, your parents, or siblings, and like yeah. James said, who may be in different locations. Um, but I mean, if you're afraid of the government, like. I don't know. So the the UK government is testing blockchain tech to distribute welfare payments. And it's pretty awesome when you think about it. Even if like uh, a Govcoin bears little resemblance to Bitcoin, baby steps in experimentation that further legitimizes the concept of cryptocurrency. But my issue with it is that the government will have full tracking of what you spend it on. And I doubt you're going to, you know, be able to get away with converting it to other coins and mixing. You know, I like the use of the technology, but I wonder about allowing up further governmental oversight, just like
0: how James, yeah. like his reservations were. It's, it's definitely a risky take, and it, it has to do – I, I love to use the word self-sovereignty. And it, what's, what's awesome is what – I think what has a chance of existing on a massive scale is these little decentralized pockets of communities of people that are just doing well to do well by each other and built on a system an identity system that has some sort of reputation i don't know algorithm I, i'm not a coder but i can imagine it could be done to where these little pockets yeah. could even then prove themselves to governments that yeah these are these are good people that and this is their identity so i think it, i think it could be a spot-on idea and even uh our guest, she or the interview, she she mentions stuff like that. So Mariana does. Uh, I should say, Doctor Mariana.
1: Doctor, yeah. Doctor. I think, you know, having a blockchain-based identifier is a good idea, though, because it's it's not the same as like yeah. Namecoin, where you could have more than one alias or domain name, but have I don't know a single unique identifier to prevent mm-hmm. identity multiplication, identity thefts. Uh, how about concealing past identities, et cetera? You know, it, it's a problem with data management. So, um, you know, we, we, yeah. can, uh, we can swing to the interview and, and get more information on.
0: Wait, before we do that, that, I have to ask you an important sure. question, James. Yeah. Um, so Corey's told me a lot of times in the past on the show that I have a terrible English accent. If I were to do that okay. on a scale of 1 to 10, how offended would you be if it were terrible? Um, you can be honest. Kick it no,
2: real I, 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 I wouldn't be offended because the, the fact that you're asking me about doing it says that you actually, I don't know, uh, care. I don't know uh, <laughs> what I think. If if it if it sounds you know if you sound like sort of Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins you know it's it's that's that's not your fault you know it's the same <laughs> as if
0: uh, what if we did this I couldn't what if you did an American accent and then that was after I did a British accent and then we could see whose accent was worse. You know he's going to do a Texas
1: yeah. accent where he's going to do like Woody from Toy Story or like Clint Eastwood <laughs> or something. All
2: right. Just. Yeah. I mean, I had to, I had to put on a, 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 not an American accent, but I had to say some words in an American way. The other, a few months ago, I had to phone up, um, some different newspapers in, uh, over in the, in the, where, where you are in the, in the States and, uh, you've got this automated uh, call system, so it says um, it says to speak to operator, say operator, and I've gone operator, because that's how I would say it, and she's not understood what I'm saying, so I've had to put <laughs> on, like, my American accent to get put through to the different departments, it was, you know, uh, I'd say <laughs> operator, and she right, operator, we're putting you through to operator, I thought, like, oh, this is cool, so that's the only time I've ever had to actually do it. So, um, but then there's, if you're familiar with, like in England, there's, there's people that sound so different in just a hundred miles from, you know, from where they are, the, the different accents and what have you. And, um, you've got one accent in, um, Birmingham, which is oh. really strange to, this is you know, good. Uh, the, 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 the Brummy accent. And, um, They actually had to put the the call center. They had to get rid of the uh, software because it couldn't work with their accent. It didn't understand it.
0: So this is, I'm going to do my accent, and you tell me where I'd be from if I were from England. And I'm going to set up a scene. This is me performing at a citizen's arrest on a judge in England. All right, here we go. (laughs) Hey, judge. I'm coming here to arrest you. I've had enough of your cheeky bullshit. And I'm coming here, and I'm going to arrest you hard. Get on the ground. I've got my baton. I'm going to hit you if you make me, but I'm going to arrest you hard. Get on the ground, Judge. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Lay it to me straight, James. Give I, it to me straight.
2: I, I, I mean, the, the the sounds... I'm trying to speak, sort of play devil's advocate here a bit. Like, the sound quality sometimes doesn't come through that great. So you've oh, got that phone to in nice. your face. But, you I'm
3: know,
2: um, it's not... If you used to perform that, they'll definitely... Um, yeah, they'll... I think they'll definitely. Um, you'll hear like a flapping noise of white coats coming towards you. you don't <laughs> to do that in. A, well, in,
0: in uh, That was my shot, show. What yeah. you you
1: as, as an African African American male, you don't want to hear. I'm gonna arrest you hard.
0: I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna arrest <laughs> you hard. Anyways. Uh,
0: nice segue. Get into the here, so we can
1: introduce a doctor now. Go for yeah. it.
0: Man, you you do the introductions. Remember that one time I tried to do it, and it was so yeah. bad. <laughs> this um, is awful. You
1: know, Doctor Mariana, she holds a PhD degree. Uh, it, you know, what? this might be no where you know her from. She she's been abroad. You know, she's went to the university in France. It's called the Europe Business School and Paris II University um she's a senior operations officer in the office of the world bank uh catalyzing progress towards identification systems like we've been talking about and she's doing it using 21st century technology solutions uh so if you're kind of in the dark a little bit like james is we're about to fill in all the gaps and uh expose your worldview let's get into
3: it here it is so uh thank you mariana for coming on the show we appreciate uh You've some time out of your busy day to, to talk to us and um, why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, where you came from, why you got into uh, Bitcoin and blockchain and cryptocurrency in general.
4: Hello everyone, I'm very happy to be here. I'm originally from Moldova, which is a small and low-income country in the Eastern Europe and then I moved to France, which is a country that everyone knows. So no need for introduction. And in 2009, I moved to United States. I wouldn't say that uh, I knew I would work on blockchain, but I have always been uh, passionate about innovation and how technologies like blockchain, but also many others, can help alleviate poverty and uh, reach progress in the world. So today, I work at the World Bank. And uh, it's not part of my main responsibilities, the work on blockchain, but I do look into it with great interest.
3: So if you, did you, have you always started out working in the banking industry?
4: No, in fact, uh, the World Bank is a development agency. So we do have departments that work on banking systems and processes. But most of us, and we are 12,000 people in the world, work on development projects, which are in different sectors, from water to energy, transport, etc. So I personally started at the bank in the... um, information uh, and technology and communications uh, department so um, that's where I come from
3: and your current role you're the um, office of the senior vice president in charge of sustainable development goals is that correct
4: Exactly, so I work in the office of the Senior Vice President of the World Bank Group, uh, Mr. Uh, Mohil Deen, who is a champion in the sustainable development and the 2030 development agenda. So what we look at when we uh, work with the 2030 agenda is how can we help uh, our client countries align their development strategies uh, with the sustainable development goals. So I'm sure you and the, the audience knows the 17 sustainable development goals and associated 169 targets. So it's quite a challenge for the world to achieve all of those goals and targets. But I do believe that using innovations and technologies and humankind progress, we can achieve, if not the entire agenda, at least many of the sustainable development goals.
3: I mean, if I were to to think about what like the, the types of things that we really need to be focusing on as as a as a as humanity, a lot of these things that you're doing, these these sustainable development goals or SGDs are are that are it it's it's trying to develop all of the problems that we have across the globe in places of poverty or lack of infrastructure and uh, that really need to be looked at that most people are almost too scared to take a stab at how what are some of these global challenges um, that are laid out and how does blockchain technology help overcome them
4: yeah. so today I think it's too early to make that causality link. I wouldn't jump into the conclusion already to say that blockchain can solve all of our global challenges. Certainly not, or not yet. And in fact, the most difficult part is to sort out hype from reality and the real potential of this technology. So take, for example, um among the 17 goals you have and extreme poverty and hunger uh, save the planet the ocean the life on land improve governance uh, and have more partnerships to achieve um, the sdgs so you see the goals are very comprehensive and uh, very different Uh, so clearly one technology is not the silver bullet and cannot help achieve all of those goals despite all the hype, you know, and everything yeah. we, we can hear. But I do think that blockchain can help uh, achieve a couple of these SDGs and can be an enabler to many others. So financial inclusion, for sure, is something that can be uh, enabled uh, by distributed Ledgers and, you know, blockchain that relies on it, I think is something that can um, help poor people access um, loans and capital and have insurance and financial services that they've been previously denied, right? So once they have this access, uh, then they can have more economic opportunities and this is what we, we we are looking into. How can we use innovations like blockchain and others to expand uh, opportunities to poor people and to be more inclusive and to help them uh, achieve more growth and development?
3: That's actually pretty... It's I guess the uh, providing banking services to the rest of the world uh, allows for kind of the, you know the, all ships rise with high tide you know type of thing it's it, it it definitely puts people in a better position to start thinking about or becoming less impoverished if you allow them to have access to these types of financial services and although maybe bitcoin or blockchain services is not quite there yet it's still very nascent it's 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 nice to see that you're you're looking to find where these pieces may fit in once the technology is available or at least scalable to that type of level. Is that is that kind of how I see it, or how how you're going about doing things?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I started in the telecommunications industry and uh, in looking into the development using uh, mobile phones. And back in '98, mm-hmm. when you know all of this uh, was only. Uh, and starting really uh we were talking about the developing world taking on this innovation which actually happened and you know most innovations like mobile money and others happened in the developing world so countries like kenya with services like mpesa were really at the edge of innovation and and leading this game so why not blockchain and many other applications? We we definitely see a pattern with some emerging technologies uh, that you know sometimes uh, countries uh, with uh, entrenched legacy systems uh, will not go the the path of incrementally changing those systems, but rather leapfrogging to something that is cutting edge and uh, modern. So, you know, why not have a country uh, in in the developing world that would overhaul its entire financial system, uh, adopting, embracing uh, distributed ledgers and, and blockchain, and and have all its uh, financial services delivered through that? So, you know, that's the kind of scenario that that we are looking at. And again, at the World Bank, we, we don't have yet a theory of change regarding uh, blockchain it's still very new to us as well and there are many um answers that are, are, are not answered yet i'm sorry questions that are unanswered yet um but uh, yeah we we are, we are definitely exploring all the opportunities
3: yeah that that, that drives us directly into what i kind of wanted to talk about next uh, and that's the idea and concept of identity because Bitcoin and, and blockchain, however you want to call it, the cryptocurrencies or, you know, the, the blockchain technology, isn't necessarily just money or finance. It can be a lot of different things that you're trying to um, keep record of, and keep trying and keep and keep private or ownership of. And identity seems to be coming up quite a bit. And being able to leapfrog um, entrenched systems into and in, in use innovation. Uh, in these underdeveloped countries, identity seems to be one of those hot topics. In your previous role as coordinator of the Identification for Development uh, Global Agenda, you talked about civil registration and and legal identification quite a bit. Do you think um, we're going to see concepts of blockchain technology coming to help with this, this proof of identity challenge?
4: yeah that's a great question and uh, you may know that currently in the world there are about one point five billion people who don't have a proof of their identity and uh they don't have a way to to prove to governments or banks or any other agencies uh, who they are and what they are entitled to right so uh, we we do look at uh, digital identity from this uh, angle, which is a bit different from what developed uh or advanced economies uh look when when they when they think digital identity is uh, is more uh, from the angle of uh authentication and um you know privacy uh these aspects are very important in the developing countries as well but um we we have to start uh from the beginning which is how do we even confer uh identity um credentials to these people so blockchain is is not really um at that stage either uh, i think we need to work with governments or other uh, agencies could be uh, you know uh, public private partnerships between uh the public and the private sector uh to um to deliver a, a proof uh, a recognized proof of identity to uh, to those who don't have any of it and then uh putting this on on a distributed ledger is something that would actually facilitate uh people who live in places where they have difficulties to to carry uh, id documents with them uh, to be able to access uh, that proof of identity And uh, the example that comes most often in mind is the case of the refugees, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure you know that, uh, you know, today forced uh, displacement and and the conflict uh, caused more than 60 million people uh, to flee their homes and, and become refugees in other countries. Um, not all of them are um, stateless people, but uh, most of them, uh, in fact, are in the sense that you know the ID documents they have wouldn't be recognized, uh, or or you know the, the state wouldn't be able to um, uh, provide them the, the services to which they are entitled. Um, so, what do you do with these people, basically? Uh, how do you help them access the most basic services and you know uh, financial services are just uh, part of them but uh, there, there are many others like uh, you know even enrolling uh, kids uh, in school um, most of, of of the places in the host countries do require proof of id for the children uh, and you have um kids born in the refugee camps that have never been registered at birth. So all of these situations um, require that we we rethink the entire identification and blockchain comes in as a solution to store uh, the digital identity of of these populations. Of course, that comes with other challenges, which is how do we agree on um, common terminology and standards? Uh, How do we implement this in a cost-efficient way? Uh, How do we make governments uh, in different countries to recognize the same um, protocol? So all of these, again, as I mentioned, uh, questions remain unanswered still, Uh, but the potential is there which is why um, the development agencies um, are are really looking into this uh, as a a potential solution to the problem.
3: Yeah, I think personally, Mm -hmm. we'll start to see solutions that um, start to grow and maybe become developed and implemented alongside some other traditional solution uh, for these types of things. And if it works out, then you can slowly move into the, the blockchain solution for identity. Uh, because it will work better if it works, but if it doesn't work, then you have a serious problem of no one having an identity, or something more serious along the lines of no one having not getting the money they want, or these you know things like that. Uh, because implementing all of the things that people wish or would like to implement for for blockchain technology is always going to be a, a valuable digital asset, it becomes. Um, imperative that you take the security measures and 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 proof that it works very seriously. And I think it's going to be interesting to see these types of things roll out.
4: Yeah, I agree. So it's it's hard to see how one way or another this won't come uh, and uh, won't become mainstream. But I think we we still have much work to do before we reach that stage. And, and part of the work by the way is uh, to understand but to also communicate on, on the early results and uh, to grasp any opportunity to share the knowledge and the expertise. and I think something that you guys are doing is great because that brings around the table um, various uh, experts from different sectors. So it's really interesting to see how this dialogue emerges.
3: Oh, thank you. We definitely we, we enjoy doing it. We started the podcast just so we could we could talk to interesting people because there's so many interesting things going on. And so much information that's that's happening all at once that it, it, you, it's hard to get a grasp. And to sit down and have a conversation to leading experts like yourself and and people actually trying to do things is is uh, good for people to listen to. Um, you've recently, sorry, my microphone dropped. You recently published um, a quite widely cited note together with uh, Michael Casey from MIT on um, how financial transactions have evolved over the past centuries you know, culminating with what we have now such as decentralized exchanges based in bitcoin and and how things have grown quite rapidly from um the way we've done traditionally do you like i know that you feel that the technology is still nascent and we're not quite there in terms of scale which i still believe as well but if you were to put on your you know uh, your your future cap and think about what could be. Do you see Bitcoin re- replacing a, a cash based society, or do you always see it being parallel with each other?
4: That's a very difficult question, and uh, that's why I teamed up with uh, Michael Casey, uh, who is a senior advisor uh, to MIT Media Lab and uh, the author of the. Um, a book that is a bestseller called, uh, The Age of Cryptocurrency. And I myself don't know nothing about cryptocurrency or even the financial systems. I'm an economist and, and a technologist by background, but I do see potential there. And I think, uh, coming with a different perspective to this world, which is to understand why people are doing it is, is really interesting. It led us to conduct a research that uh, uh, was articulated about the concept of trust, and uh, we've looked at the evolution of trust over the past centuries, and. Uh, so how you know from a tribal chief uh, in a tribe who was uh, the witness of the different uh, transactions that happened uh, in that barter system uh, among the the tribe members uh, to the kings of uh, of england who would you know be the trust bearers of the different um financial exchanges that happened uh, among the uh, the groups of of uh, people in the kingdom to the modern you know central banks uh, uh, who are the actual uh, trust bearers today uh, to actually the, the future and, and the, the, distributed letter where, um, deciding who is the central authority that encapsulates, uh, the, the trust and, uh, and regulates the value, uh, of the transactions is, is really interesting. So we, we, analyzed all of this and realized that we are moving away from, um, a centralized, uh, highly centralized uh, trust to a decentralized one, uh, where you know, in in the virtual world, there is no one person or one entity, one single authority, really uh, that regulates uh, all of this. But it's it's rather um, a combination of uh, of different um, entities uh, that looks over the uh, the trustworthiness of the system. So uh, that led us to think that maybe the future will be different from uh, what it is today. Uh, Will that result in a cash-free society? Um, Again, yeah, I'm not sure or at least um, not at the pace that uh, many of us um, hear it will happen. I think... um, it is gonna be uh something uh, slower uh, than uh, one may may think, but also there are um you know alternative models that are emerging today where you can actually see more um hybrid uh, you know, models, uh, of private or permission blockchain where, you know, you can have the authorization of some trusted entity, uh, but then you have, um, a network of independent computers, uh, that, uh, that are looking over the transactions. So I think that makes for more efficient and uh, easily governed systems. But again, um, Today, the blockchain technology was not brought to the scale where we could uh, make very affirmative um uh, declarations uh, so I think w- we will still have to uh, continue the work uh, that uh, all of us are doing in this space and and in particular the uh, the banks and and uh, the the private sector companies who are who are pushing the envelope and and trying to see uh, what are the flaws of the system and how uh, you know the the much publicized hacks uh, can can be uh, solved um, I think this is all um, a great effort toward a common goal, which is to understand what is uh, a more efficient system that will allow more people to benefit from from the innovation.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with, with, with everything you just said, especially the part about um, the, I guess, displacement of trust. And this is probably the first time in human history where the foundational layer of how... The transaction is made doesn't require trust, but everything, I mean, but it's still everything built upon that foundational level is where you put your trust. But what's nice about that is the applications that are built on top of a trustless system have to gain the trust of the users that use them. And if they don't gain it, then you can take your money somewhere else. You don't, you're not required from the, from the, from step one to put trust in some other entity and that's 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 revolutionary i think in in and why people uh care about this so much and 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 the way that ap- applications that are built on top of the system must move forward
4: yes i agree and uh, i'm i'm very eager to to see where this will lead us so i'm passionately um, observing the debate and uh, also try to contribute as much as I can with awareness raising and sharing knowledge and and expertise that is available everywhere. I think that's the best we can do uh, in order to also educate uh, the future users and and, uh, in our case that It is not necessarily the individual that is, you know, can can be groups of people or uh, civil society as well as uh, the government uh, in the countries where we work. So um, I definitely uh, try to to help with that as much as I can.
3: Well, we definitely appreciate your help, and uh, it it, we'll sit together along for the ride to see what happens. We have uh, one short question for you, one more to finish up the interview. Um, We ask it to everyone. In ten words or less, can you describe Bitcoin?
4: <laughs> In ten words. words. <laughs> um, I would say it, it's a, it's an inspiring uh, human trial to to um, advance the future.
3: All right. I don't know. Seven words. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: I didn't count them, so
3: it's, it's practically impossible to really get the the I guess everything about Bitcoin in ten words or less. But we always like to hear kind of the evolution of the abstraction that people give us since the beginning. It's you know it's you know internet money, and then it's some people are more grandiose. Some people try to try to get ten words. It's it's fun to watch.
4: Okay, I, I I did my best. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, Mar- Mariana, thank you for coming on the show, and um, we'll keep tabs on you. We'll, hope you come back and talk to us again.
4: Yeah, I would love to. Thank you so much for inviting me, and thank you for the listeners, and thank you for having me.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was the interview with the incredible Mariana Dahan. She not only holds a PhD degree from ESCP, Europe Business School in Paris, University in France. But she is the Senior Operations Officer in the Office of the World Bank, catalyzing progress towards identification systems using 21st century tech solutions. Um, really hope you enjoyed that interview. She's a boss, and um, you should look into what she does and look into what the World Bank is doing. So. Now, we're going to get into the second half of the show. We're going to let our guests, our our fan hosts, talk about uh, what it is he does. Let's get into it. We're going to give you the floor to tell your story. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, Yeah, I got
2: introduced into um, Bitcoin um, back in... About two not not too early on. About two, I suppose it was about 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I always like the idea of it, and it, it, basically anything that sort of gives that's empowering, that, that enables someone to not have to depend on the the government. I I have a problem with authority, not as much as I used to, because I'm I'm a father now, and I I keep out of trouble and that and. Uh, But anything that sort of says, just, I don't want to have too much to do with you. I don't like paying over the odds for everything and just being, I just, I have a problem with authority, full stop. So anything that enables people to operate outside of the system, I love. So I, 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 I took an interest in it from that point of view and, um, I wanted to get involved in Bitcoin mining um, and start buying hardware, but the the, the problem that I found was there was all these great websites and these companies that looked great, Um, but then I'd look at actually buying it and it's the first time I ever heard of, um, what was the term they were using? Uh, Like pre-order. I thought, what the fuck's pre-order? what good is this? to and an estimated six months to deliver my hardware, and I just thought, this is this is this is shit. You know, this is not <laughs> um, This is not. And I'm looking, even even early on, I'm looking at how the you know the the, the, the difficulty changes, and and the, the, even back then they were still quite regular, so it didn't take. um, you didn't even need to do any detailed calculations as to where the profitability was going. It's it's, it's going badly, you know? Um, I mean, I I love making money. I'm all for making money, but at the same time, I don't want to be ripping people off and I don't want to be, um, I'd rather make profit. So everyone's doing well. If if, if you're going to buy it, uh, if you're going to spend some money on some mining hardware, you, you should not be looking for ridiculous returns, but at least something that you can make regular profit and then compound it. Because I've got quite a, a decent background knowledge in investing and trading, and like people that I've known that have worked in hedge funds. There's one guy that that's taught me an awful lot, um, and he's all for educating people to operate, um, to empower people so they can make money. He doesn't want um, and that's why I have a lot of respect for this guy. Uh, but he wanted people to he, he sort of wants to make uh, investing and earning money accessible to everyone, you know, uh, as many people as he can. And uh, when I saw that, I, I look at I, when I look at what was being offered. There's to to to, to pay someone um in in bitcoin which is untraceable thousands of pounds and not get any deadline as to when your hardware is going to arrive was just a joke so i started to i found a few companies that that i managed to deliver the hardware on time and you know so you can start mining now and i thought well wait a minute i managed to do this for myself i should be able to do this for other people so I, I started building this. I, I built a basic site um, in um, WordPress, uh, just uh, and and sort of had a go at. I thought, well, this is quite early on. I can get to the sort of into the decent uh, pages on Google for selling the hardware, and I was, and I started to do really, 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 really well, like making a consistent like living and. Um, but I've always stuck to the rule that I will not take someone's uh, money and then set a deadline. Like I, I will only take the money once I know that I can give that person a tracking number and get that uh, mining hardware to them. I I don't want I can't handle um, people complaining and, and dealing with complaints. There are some people that um, can handle hundreds of people. Driving them mad, saying "Where's my hardware?" Whatever, and, and they, they they can reel off excuses to people. I'm, I'm I, I don't want to do that, and even if I wanted to, I'd be no good at it. So I thought, well, I, I'm I'm going to have a go at providing the service where I can deliver hardware, deliver information to people, get them how to know how to set up miners, and um, it's it's been going well, but then the site got hacked, um, because obviously there are hackers that thought because I'm selling Bitcoin hardware on my server I've got loads of Bitcoin. Well I'm not stupid. So there was none of that there. Um <laughs> but I was working I was working part time and then I've got I had such a I had a massive uh job come on um and I I was away I couldn't I couldn't be at the computer to to, to put this right so for about four months My site was just left hacked and I just shut it down Well, Then this is when all the changes happened with like google panda and all the rest of it So I've gone from page one for bitcoin mining hardware and bitcoin mining hardware in uk uh to like page 10 so and then I thought, well, I can't keep having a site that's vulnerable to being hacked. So I've had to then start uh, teaching myself um, how to start building like, a decent site in Python and, and, and Django and make sure that it's, it's secure and, and that if the same does happen again, there's all backups and I can get it redeployed in, in under an hour. you know. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not vulnerable and that, that 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 was like but, but I'd have rather whoever like hacked my site, I'd have rather they just stabbed me, you know, but like, it, it would have been easier to have got over it's like um, it, it, it six yeah it, it 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 but it's been a learning curve at the end of the day. This is one thing I'd say to anyone that that wants to get involved with um bitcoin if there's anything to do with transactions, I've found that um. You've really got to um, have a, a knowledge of security as well, and to make sure that because um, there's so much of this going on now, like you see it in the news. There's every month you, you're looking at a lot of these exchanges are getting hacked, and that's that's one area what I'm looking into at the moment is like how can I offer a service? Even if I can't offer a service, like I'm I'm, I'm trying different things at the moment and uh trying to get if i could ask you like all to the bitcoin community and if i can't if i can't create it i'm at least gonna put together like um guides and information tutorials on how to use other people's services not for profit just to sort of throw something out there because there's, there's i mean there's there's a handful of sites that are selling hardware and all, all they've done is just set up like um you know, like a, like a simple shopping cart and they're just taking the piss and there's a lot of people that have got a bad name. So <laughs> I've, this, is, this is like what I'm, and that's the other thing that in my learning curve that I've, I'm sort of working on at the moment. And, and that's one good thing with living in London. It's obviously not as much going on here as, say, like San Francisco or whatever, but you've got, um, London's got a great, um community for programming and tech and um, this anyone that wants to learn as well I'd say to you listeners is uh, like you like I've found is a great thing to get into is uh, meetup com but I've just gone on there just typing in uh, Bitcoin and ethereum there's there's groups of people but especially in London that they are they're, you, you might have to pay like five pounds or to chip in or that's like six seven dollars to chip in to rent a like a the venue but you, there'll be like 20 or so people that will be there and, and teach and there's some really good there's some there's some really clued up people out there that are, that are teaching uh stuff for, for free you know and it's uh there's there's a it's a lot that's that's where I'm going to have a lot more to talk about in a couple of years' time, probably, when I've immersed myself in that properly, um, and um, so just basic. that's what I'm more excited now is to see what I can build um, in terms of programming and offering services. I'm, I'm still going to do the hardware, but um, I think that
0: there's a problem with that. Um, can you hear me still? Yeah, we can hear you. I was actually going to ask you a question since you've been mining. I,
2: I, 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 I done I I this the other day. I talked for five minutes and then realised that the, the phone call had cut out, and I thought my mate was listening too hard. There, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs>
0: no, um, we've been here the whole time. Yeah, I was going to ask I'm, you. Uh, I'm still going. Oh man! Yeah, I was going to ask you since you've been, you know, mining so long, and you know, all the time not all the time. I'd say at least like once or twice a month, you'll see a post kind of make it to the top of Reddit or top of some Bitcoin forum where some person who's just getting into Bitcoin is, you know, they're like, "Hey, how how can I mine Bitcoin? It seems so fun." And I would love to tell them, "Don't even start, man. It's don't just leave it leave it be." But since you've been mining, even if somebody wants to mine And they know they're not going to make any money. They just want to do it because they feel it in their gut. What's the quickest and easiest way for them to go about that, do you think? Um, Fiddle your electric meter. Electric meter? Or tap into...
2: (laughs) No, uh, electric meter. Like you uh, put a big magnet on it and... Uh. uh, Fiddle your electric meter, or tap into someone's uh, <laughs> power line. Um, that's that's. But no, seriously. Um, no, if if you've, if, like, I I'm not doing that, so I can. I'm not promoting that people do that. But they're, these are unscrupulous. So if someone was to do that, I wouldn't hate them for doing it. You know. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, um, no, seriously. I mean, you've got to find it's it depends on i mean the, the biggest thing that people seem to forget is that, that i get emails from people in i forgot this one guy was emailing me from um i think i can't remember i think it was spain or portugal but i looked at their electric prices are double what they are in the uk wherever they were and i said to him i said just I, it's not my interest to say this mate but you, you you're just not going to make any money you, you you know you you've got to have the most important thing you've got to have like cheap electricity um or you you know there's one guy that i i I did some business with that was in Ireland, and he had like a share in a wind farm, so obviously it's a windy country, and a lot of places that have renewables you you can put back the energy onto the grid and get paid for it. Um, but then there's there's a lot of uh people that for whatever reason they're not allowed to or they don't have the facilities to earn money from putting the electricity back onto the grid so there's i've I've had a lot of inquiries from people that um want to monetize their excess electricity so they're they're all for bitcoin mining as a way to to try and earn some money back from from the excess electricity that they have um and that's why I was also trying to sort of tap into the, the German market, because there's Germany's got so much solar power going on. There was, I think it was last year, Germans were actually paid for using the electricity because they had such a surplus, like the, the, the meters were running uh, a negative balance. So you you can... That's the key thing, anyway. I'm going on a tangent there. Like, your electric prices have got to be obviously reasonable, and then also finding a company that um, can provide you with the hardware and at a a decent price. And um, I'm not going to um, like promote my own company or nothing, like Just this is not what i'm here to do um you can. companies that can, you can. <laughs> okay but uh <laughs> yeah, bitcoin um but no I, I it's not that's not what i'm it's it's not what i'm it's not my like long term goals with is just on the hardware and, and there's still there's still um business there's there's still opportunities for mining um it's not the i wouldn't say it's the 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 other big problem is is a lot of the companies that are manufacturing the the hardware i mean there was a a a guy that i work with he, he even um produced a small number of miners and uh we we never actually made any sort of profit on it and that was back when that was with the um the the uh, i think it's a 21 nm uh asic chip um now there's you've got a lot more of the the more the more efficient asic chips that that you can get the the minimum order is so big um to, and then you're looking at a minimum order of a million dollars to buy up uh, a, a decent amount of ASIC chips, then you can manufacture if That's if you've got the know-how to, to start looking into making your own hardware, then you've got to then sell that hardware before it becomes um, obsolete. So it's, I'd say that's where the, the next thing that would probably be good um and the only way that mining and that's where i would I'm, I'm looking to try and get people together on this is to perhaps look into people crowdsourcing or crowdfunding a mining project so the, the hardware can be bought early on uh, as early as possible at the best price and then built and then shared out because the, the problem is is there's a lot of the companies are just greedy or that they physically can't produce the hardware at fast enough pace to then get it out to people and uh to get them mining so that's the, the that's one of the biggest problems with mining hardware at the moment is that the minimum orders that are involved and there's a lot of the now bigger companies are sort of investing and they can afford to do things in ways that that me or you can't not we just don't have the resources.
0: So um so there's another thing that's that why I'm up. Go ahead. Yep. <clears throat> I was gonna say there's another thing that comes up in mining a lot and that's people bring up from time to time centralization of mining. Now that, that arguments have been kinda counteracted by Andreas and counteracted by a couple other people that we've had on the show. Uh but how do you feel about? It? Do you think China's getting too powerful in the mining game, or do you think it's just the fact of the whole Moores law catching up with itself, and everything's going to start to get centralized or decentralized again, or more decentralized
2: this is where um, this, is, this is interesting
0: you say this because um, this has got to be quick though. we've got to wrap it up. We're, yeah we're sorry, it's too
2: quick here. I'm starting to get, like, my nana bits. I was talking to her the other day, and she's just... Uh, I just said, you could have told... I, I, did, I wanted to say, like, you could have told me in 10 seconds what's just taking you 20 minutes, but I, I couldn't be
0: that horrible. But, uh, <laughs> nana uh, bits? Is yeah. that you got? Um But,
2: yeah, it's... Um, what's happening with like obviously, the the main two countries are China and uh, Iceland, where they've got the cheapest electricity. And then also China's electricity is probably a little bit pricier, but then because they're making the hardware and they don't have to ship it anywhere, it's often their own farms. Um, I don't think that eventually there's going to get to a point where I I think that the only way that you're going to make the, the Bitcoin network um, this this it it's going to have quite a nice balance I think because what's going to happen there's going to be a lot of people that I've had a lot of the people that I've had inquiries from are ones that have got like free energy sources like wind or big solar farms at home and they're going to be there's going to be a lot of people like that contributing that are going to have excess power and they're going to be putting that back into the grid which is going to be good because obviously the Chinese power is nearly all coal so. Um, that's not, that's not, you know, that's not long term, not unlike mm-hmm. some uh, do-gooder, you know, but it's still, it's not just the the, the environment, but the, uh, it's just not going to be economically uh, viable in the long run. So I, I think that a lot of it's going to be going for renewable, uh, a lot of it, so so that, that's going to be all over the world, you know, there's mm-hmm. going to be people, in, you know, when I was in Egypt last year, I thought, you know what? If, if if I lived out here, I'd be Bitcoin mining and I'd have a lot of solar panels because this is, this, you know, um, and you'd notice there was the pe- people starting to solar energy is becoming a lot cheaper, like solar panels that so you, you, you can get uh, even in England. Like it's people. Using the sun, you know. It's um, so I, I dread to think what it's like in the states, you know, or places where you get more sun. Yeah, um, they're getting cheap. So I think that there's a lot of um, a lot of room for growth
0: lot, in the decentralisation yeah, game.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of room for it to be decentralised. A lot of that's. Um, it, it, they're looking at it a bit offside, to be fair, I think. It's not, and, and that's just going on the inquiries and the feedback that I get from like customers or people that are just asking me questions. So I think that's, I mean, Iceland's got, the you wouldn't think it, but Iceland's got the cheapest electricity in the world. But even, like, we had a small place set up for posting people's miners, so centralised mining. But the, the, the problem you've got is, it only really becomes if you're going to run if you're going to work competitively, you've got to have a lot of people queuing up to fill all those spaces. Otherwise, you're renting an empty warehouse, you know. So you've got there's 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 quite a lot of considerations to make. So I'm all for um I, I'm more keen for it to be decentralised um because I I just think it's it's better and it's it's, uh, it's it to have it all centralised in one place defeats the object of Bitcoin, you know, it's, mm. um, it's, um, but I, so I don't think there's definitely not going to be, um, there's not going to be any, um, there's not going to be much change, so it's going to be healthy uh, going on from what I hear from customers. And I think that um, that's what we we're, we're quite, interested in um i'm going to go out to ireland soon to look at this guy's uh what he's got set up with his uh wind turbines and solar panels and so forth and you know because there's it's you've got a slightly different power source uh, There's different considerations you've got to take you've got to look at some people get anxious about do i need to have um, like backup power supplies or uh, like UPS supplies, which is going to get expensive for mining mm-hmm. rigs because they mm-hmm. use a lot of power. Um, you know, you've got uh, then there's the, there's there's a lot of questions that, that people ask that and they they're not answered. So we we're, we're going to look into doing a lot with that and to give advice and to because it's people, people have got. Like this, this guy that I was talking to the other week, he's got a lot of money invested. And thought, well, I want to power anything is to say up yours to the um utility providers, you know. Because <laughs> I mean, I don't know where, where you are, but there's there's we've got you'd think like England's got to be what, one of the, the richest countries in the world, so like per person, and there's there's elderly people dying in the cold because of um. Th- because of that they can't afford to heat their homes. Mm. Not be, this should, I mean, this shouldn't be happening anywhere, but when you consider that the, this is happening in London, like the, one of the richest cities in the world, where there's so much wealth and there's, there's elderly people that were fighting in wars and all, all, all that they've done, worked all their lives, paid into the system and they're getting fucked over with pension and they're dying in the cold. It's just, it's just yeah. wrong. So there's, obviously, that's another area that I'm, I'm interested in, is anything that says, like, I'm stepping out, I, I, you're, like, creepy, evil, I don't want as much, I want a limited amount to do with your um, system, um, and if you can have free energy and have your own transactions outside of that, you're empowered. Like it's 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 all good, but there's a lot of work to be done. Like from my own point of view, like you know, I've got to anyone that goes on that they they know a lot about this is delusional because there's 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 um, there's some really really smart. You you must know this from the interviews. There's some really really really
0: uh, bright absolutely people. That, Speaking of bright um, people, there's, there's amazingly bright people at the And there's also amazingly bright people at purse.io where yep. we have an affiliation program where anyone who's listening right now can go shop on purse.io and it helps us out. It helps us run the show. And of course, amazingly bright people like yourself, James, that are going out of your way to bolster the community And the way you know how, like everyone should be doing, like take your best talents and your best passions and put them towards the community. And that's how we build this shit. Am I allowed a curse? We never answered that. Jello.
1: It's too late now.
0: Yeah, I guess so. We're at the end of the show. So it doesn't matter now. Fucking shit. So we get to, (laughs) no, I'm going to edit that out. If I remember, I'm not going to It's like Sorry, Dr. Mariana. Um, so what else do we do, Cello? What the we plug?
1: Uh, we're on the Facebook. We're on uh, Twitter at the BTC podcast. Did you say uh, where the I Facebook? The Facebook. Before Justin Timberlake took the off of
0: it. Oh, genius in move M&A. JT. Genius move JT.
1: And um, we're everywhere, man. So check us out at the Cointelegraph. Check us out at the Bitcoinpodcast.com. Special, special thanks to James joining us all the way from London town. Appreciate yes. your time, sir. Please come back.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to, yep. I once watched a documentary about London. It was called um Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Was that a was that true? It seemed like it could have been a, a bit of a stretch. Um I'm I am I I didn't see that. Um
1: I should anything, know. Anything with Silly yeah. Murphy's a documentary on
0: on the UK, London. Hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to definitely look into that. I don't think that it's, if it was a documentary, there's no way it was. It was kind of a stretch. Bad Wallace and thing. Robert, Uh. Anyways, play <laughs> the outro. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Chicken Run.